0: Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. 20 FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It's the Evening Runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now to turn our attentions to headlines from around the Southeast Asian region. From the fall of Rising Star to Disgrace politician Syed Sadiq to Indonesian President Joko Widodo's visit to the White House. Let's get some analysis this afternoon with Adip Zalkapli, who is Director of Power Group Asia. Adip, good afternoon. Thanks a lot for helping us.
1: Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. let's get into it. Rising Star to Disgrace disgraced politician Malaysia's former youth and sports minister Syed Sadiq sentenced to seven years jail, fined 10 million ringgit and two strokes of the cane for corruption. Any chance you could give us a little bit of context and background to this case? I mean, some have argued that the sentence is a little bit harsh and disproportionate. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, the background of the case is he was accused of misappropriating party funds or uh, and uh, transferring that money to his, uh, you know, investment account, mm. so that so both act actions, you know, resulted in him uh, being charged under the uh, penal code for uh, criminal breach of trust and also uh, attempted at, uh, money laundering.
0: Okay, your thoughts on how some have argued that. It's a little bit harsh and disproportionate, you know. Some even saying double standards, political motives, perhaps. I know these are comments that tend to come out when such high-profile cases come around.
1: Yeah, but in a way, it's unfortunate because it happened at a time, uh, you know, just uh, a few months after he withdrew his support for the prime minister. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the two are linked, but given the timeline, uh, you know, the perception created by especially the opposition, you know, it's an opportunity for the opposition anyway. They create the perception that, you know, he is being punished for that. I mean, that is the narrative that is being set by the opposition against the Uh, government, and it's uh, unavoidable due to the timeline.
0: Mm. Uh, I suppose, you know, because of the fact that there was some uh, caning involved, two strokes of the cane to be precise, some would say, oh, why wasn't the former Prime Minister Najib's sentence as severe? This would come down to age as well, because Najib's much older, and I believe there are some exemptions for age and and caning, right?
1: Yes, Najib, when he was sentenced, he was already way above 50 years of age, so he was exempted from caning. Mm-hmm. But having said that, this would be the first time I think we are seeing, we are seeing a politician being yeah. uh, punished with a with a, with a corporal uh, punishment. Yeah, so it's a bit of a shock to to Malaysian political observers.
0: Would be quite interesting as well to see what happens after you know the life in prison in that sense. Uh, the likelihood of uh, Syed Sadiq making a political comeback. What happens to Muda now, the the, the political party?
1: Well, Muda, I think is still. Muda is, is a small party. It's a you know try to be a multiracial party. It has mm-hmm. some support in some constituencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depending on how well Pakatan Harapan parties, you know, parties and the parties that belong to the coalition led by the prime minister can maintain the support of okay. the demographic, the urban demographic, especially those who are Muda also eyeing for. Yeah then it, it depends a lot on how bad Pakatan Harapta does in the next few years. Okay. Whether muda will still be relevant in the coming years or in the next political cycle.
0: Okay. Adib, let's uh, move on to talk about this that's been going around for weeks now. Uh, Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim's pro Palestinian stand. He's been quite vocal for the Palestinian cause for some time now. At the rate he's going, is he likely to risk domestic issues being sidelined because of this global talking point?
1: Yeah, I think that is. I think one of the criticisms he's facing now is mm. uh, a lot of time, a lot of attention has been uh, focused on international affairs, specifically on the issue in the Middle East. But but if you look at it from the domestic perspective, Palestinian issue is very much a domestic issue, so it's not something that okay uh, he could ignore. You know, every decision he's been making, every statement he's been making about Palestine, yeah. is being scrutinized by the opposition. is being misinterpreted in many ways to show that uh, he's not that committed to the Palestinian cause. So it's been so has been uh, challenging for him, you know, to demonstrate his support for the Palestinians.
0: Yeah, it's also the, a regional issue, you know, given given all the the intertwining um, so called agenda in, in that sense. Uh, hence, you have some governments saying, "Hey, you know, don't don't talk about it, don't don't ignite, go for for that uh, harmonious approach." In that sense, his stance, though, Adip, is this going to affect him because he's in San Francisco for the thirtieth APEC Economic Leaders Meeting. Is it going to affect him in terms of perhaps I don't know advocating for cooperation within APEC? You know, people are going to look at this as a, a chip on on the shoulder in that sense.
1: Well, the issue has not. It, it, I mean, it's big for yeah. uh, in in Malaysia, okay. and also in some parts of of the region, okay. But it's not big enough, I think, to disrupt other multilateral platforms or bilateral okay. platforms. You know, uh, even APEC platform, you know. Uh, I think countries are much more interdependent now mm, mm-hmm. and I think they are able to look at Palestinian issues separately mm. from the multilateral platforms, the objectives of other multilateral platforms that they are
0: pursuing. Okay, all about drawing the line there. Okay, I appreciate that, uh, Adip. Uh, let's move on to talk about Indonesia. Their President Joko Widodo visiting the White House. Uh, what do we know about his meeting with US President Joe Biden? I mean, was there an agenda? Did he achieve it? Well,
1: yeah, I think it's one of the... I think I would say a regular catch-up meeting between two very important uh, countries, Mm -hmm. uh, Indonesia being the most uh, populous country and the biggest uh, uh, major Muslim country in Southeast Asia. Uh, And also the fact that this visit also coincided with the announcement of the new U.S.-Indonesia Comparative Strategic Partnership. So it it is a significant visit, although, of course, uh, if you look at uh, clips, video clips that have been floating around, I think it's mostly about... The public, the joint statement, the joint press conference where, you know, President Jokowi made a statement about the situation in Gaza, calling for U.S. to do more. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, That just keeps coming out. uh, And again, you know, it's down to just the area of the world that we are in. Uh, But the the U.S. President uh, Biden did hail a new era of ties between the U.S. and Indonesia. I suppose that's a positive sign as far as their relationship going forward is concerned.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, both countries uh, need each other. The U.S. needs a strong ally in in Indonesia in in Southeast Asia, Mm -hmm. and Indonesia plays that role well. And yeah, and Indonesia also needs the U.S. You know, in in furthering its economic interests. You know, they support encouraging investments from from the United States, especially.
0: All right. Uh, Adip, now we're going to move on to talk about Thailand. <laughs> and i, I got to admit, I, I don't know a whole lot about these issues. It's it's quite an interesting one. Thailand dropping uh, joint patrols with Chinese police after public backlash. I mean, how on earth did this proposal even come about and, and why China?
1: Yeah, it, it, I agree with you. It's a bit of a strange <laughs> yeah. uh, news report that came out of Thailand. I guess, I mean, my, my speculation is this suggestion came out out of the uh, fear or out of the uh, desire to get more chinese stories you know to increase th- chinese stories arrival yeah. at a level before covid-19 pandemic so i guess what well, brainstorming this might have come out and it's not the first time it's done i mean it, i mean it's, I'm, I'm sure it's it has been done in europe i believe and of course it was followed by backlash yeah then uh, it, yeah, and then the proposal you know the premature proposal uh, was dropped, but I think the important lesson here is, you know, public policy cannot be decided in a vacuum without looking at the broader geopolitical context, you know, or yeah. the optics of having uh, foreign security forces. In a, in a sovereign country, uh, yeah, in another yeah. sovereign country,
0: yeah. Funny, right? Because it is called public policy, after all. Although Adip, this question may be a point of speculation, we've talked about how it's happened in other countries, and there have, of course, been public outcries over it. But would it actually boost <laughs> tourism within Thailand? Well, I, I don't know. I don't,
1: <laughs> think, I, I don't think the I don't think uh, police presence alone, the presence yeah, of police alone will encourage. I think the tourist arrivals have a lot to do with a lot of other factors you know access price
0: you know, cost yeah well that is a curious one and want to wrap up our segment this Wednesday uh, I've been speaking with Adip Zalkabli who is director of Bauer Group Asia Adip appreciate your time as always take care and have a great evening ahead thank you to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app that's A-W-E-D-I-O audio at the app store and google play